please clap. Hello, and thanks to those of you who did clap. Welcome to the very first premiere episode of Blowing Off Steam with me, Wesley Kettle. Today we'll be talking about the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer, or just Zodiac, was a serial killer that operated in Northern California from the late 1960s to 70s. The Zodiac Killer is infamous for writing letters to the police taunting them. He's also recognized for his cipher that was sent to three newspapers and demanded it be published or he would go on a quote-unquote kill rampage. The cipher is still a mystery today. The Zodiac Killer has five confirmed victims with two injured. The Zodiac Killer claimed to have killed 37 people in his letters to the police. A couple of victims survived, some of which are a woman or baby survived the Zodiac Killer by jumping out of a car. Two of the people he harmed survived to tell the chilling tale of what had happened. He also had sent plans for a working bomb to the police. Now, there are three main people suspected to be the Zodiac Killer by Michael Butterfield, a writer who has spent 20 years researching the case. Those people are Lawrence Kane, Arthur Lee Allen, and Earl Van Best Jr. Our first suspect, Lawrence Kane. Kane had worked in the same Lake Tahoe hotel as Donna Lass, who had disappeared in 1970 and may have been another Zodiac victim. He had served in the Naval Reserves where he might have learned coding for the cipher that he, the Zodiac had written to police, and a 1962 car accident left him with a brain injury that could have compromised his ability to control urges, which is a key attribute of serial killers that a lot of them don't have the mental capacity to understand that they shouldn't be killing people. He was arrested for peeping in 1961 and for prowling in 1968. A retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers and that Donna's sister Linda had identified a photo of Kane as the man she said had bothered Donna at a restaurant. A San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moments after Paul Stein's murder in a taxi cab said Kane's photo was closer than any other likeness he had seen. Kathleen Johns, who escaped from a man believed to be the Zodiac in Modesto in 1970, also identified a photo as Kane as the abductor. Our next suspect is Arthur Lee Allen. He was portrayed as the prime suspect in Robert Graysmith's books, one of which was the basis of the 2007 movie Zodiac. Allen was questioned by police in 1969 and again in 1971 after a friend had told authorities that Allen had talked about wanting to kill people and secure a flashlight to a firearm, as the Zodiac did. Allen owned the same caliber gun used in one Zodiac shooting, and after a search of his car found bloody knives, he told the police the knives were used for killing chickens. He was dishonorably discharged from the Navy and was fired from his schoolteacher job amid sexual misconduct allegations. He was also ambidextrous, which leads some people to say could have helped disguise his handwriting. Police investigated Allen again in 1991 after an informant facing armed robbery charges said Allen had boasted to him about killing a cab driver, which is Paul Stein. At that point, Michael Magoe, who survived the Vallejo attack, identified a photo of Allen as the shooter. Now you may be asking yourself, why didn't the police arrest him then? 
The reason the police didn't arrest Arthur Lee Allen was because Allen didn't match the witness descriptions of the Zodiac. His fingerprints didn't match those found in Paul Stein's cab and thought to be the Zodiac. His palm print didn't match the one found on the Zodiac letter, and his DNA didn't match the partial DNA profile created in 2002 from saliva on an envelope believed to be the Zodiac's. Two searches of Allen's home found no incriminating evidence. Police had samples of his right and left handwriting, and neither matched the Zodiac's. Our third suspect, Earl Van Best Jr. Gary Stewart made a case that his biological father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac. Stewart said Best resembled the police sketch of the Zodiac, lived in California at the time of the killings, was interested in ciphers, knew a Satanist, and a Manson family member. The Manson family was a cult run by Charles Manson, who contributed in the murder of Sharon Tate. Best had also served time in prison for the statutory rape of Stewart's mother and may have held a grudge against San Francisco Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who had wrote a series of articles about the couple. That's important because the Zodiac had sent his first letter with the main cipher of the three different sections, which we'll get to later. He'd sent that to three different newspapers, one of which was run by Paul Avery. Stewart claimed to have found Best's initials in the Zodiac ciphers, and a document examiner said the handwriting on Best's marriage certificate matched the Zodiac's. Although their fingerprints didn't match, a mark that could have been a scar was visible in Best's and those found in Stein's cab. The reason Earl Van Best Jr. was ruled out of being the Zodiac Killer was because the ciphers that were in the book were questionable. The fingerprint would have only matched if it had been reversed, and the fact that he matched the description was not solid evidence. Horn-rimmed glasses and a crew cut were incredibly popular. Now we will talk about the victims of the Zodiac Killer. On June 4, 1963, Robert Domingos and his fiancée Linda Edwards were seniors at Lompoc High School in Santa Barbara County in Southern California. On Tuesday in early June 1963, the couple decided to use the quote-unquote senior ditch day to go sunbathing on a beach near Gaviota State Park. When the two teenagers didn't return home by Wednesday, Robert's father went to the beach and was horrified to discover their bodies lying together inside the remains of a crumbling shack. The victims, bound with rope, had apparently tried to escape, but were shot and killed with a 22 caliber weapon. Robert was shot 11 times, and Linda had been shot 9 times. The killer then dragged the bodies to the shack, where he tried and failed to start a fire. Investigators had few leads, but in 1972, the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department announced a possible Zodiac connection. The beach killer used Winchester Western Super X ammo, the same ammunition used by the Zodiac during the 1968 murders on Lake Herman Road. The Domingos Edwards case also had similarities in the Zodiac's attack of another young couple at Lake Berryessa in 1969. This next one is a possible Zodiac. On October 30th, 1966, 18-year-old Sherry Josephine Bates lived with her father Joseph and was a student at Riverside City College in Riverside, California. On October 30th, 1966, she left a note that read, Dad, went to the RCC library. The next morning, her Volkswagen Beetle was found abandoned in the library parking lot and her body was lying nearby between two houses. She had been stabbed several times and her throat was slashed. Police found a men's Timex watch at the crime scene, a print from a military boot, and some hairs and dried blood on the victim's hand. 
Cherry Joe's purse was intact, and an autopsy revealed no evidence of sexual assault. One month after the murder, the local newspaper and the police department received typewritten letters titled The Confession from someone who claimed to be the killer. The author wrote, Miss Bates was stupid. She went to the slaughter like a lamb, and added, I am not sick, I am insane. In April 1967, the newspaper, the police, and Joseph Bates received virtually identical handwritten letters which read, Bates had to die. There will be more. The notes were signed with a symbol which resembled the letter Z. On December 20th, 1968, five nights before Christmas, high school students Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday set out on their first official date together, promising Betty Lou's parents they'd be home by 11 p.m. Shortly after that time, passing motorists saw the Rambler and its occupants parked at a Lover's Lane spot along Lake Herman Road in Benicia, California. Moments later, another driver noticed two seemingly lifeless bodies on the side of the road. Benicia police and others responded to the scene and discovered Betty Lou dead with five bullets in the back of her head. David was found next to the Rambler with a bullet wound in his head, still breathing, but near death. Bullet holes in the car's roof and back window indicated that the killer may have fi fired warning shots to force the victims out of the vehicle. Shell casings recovered at the crime scene identified ammunition as Winchester Western Super X copper-coated. Ballistic evidence indicated that the killer used a .22 caliber possibly a J.C. Higgins Model 80 semi-automatic pistol. Investigators believe the two teenagers were likely random targets killed by a stranger for unknown reasons. On July 4, 1969, 22-year-old Darlene Farron was a wife, mother, and popular waitress at a Valho restaurant. On the night of July 4th, she picked up a friend, Michael McGough, and stopped her Corvair in the parking lot of Blue Rock Springs Park. Michael later told police that another vehicle pulled in the lot around midnight and then left only re to return minutes later. The driver got out of the car, shined a bright light, and fired into the Corvair with a 9mm handgun. Michael was shot in the jaw, shoulder, and leg. Darlene was hit several times. At 12.40pm, a call later traced to a gas station payphone, a man rang the Valaho Police Department and claimed responsibility for the shooting as well as the murders on Lake Herman Road. According to a police dispatcher, the caller spoke in a low, monotonous tone, saying, I want to report a murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Darlene died on arrival at the hospital, but Michael survived. Investigators were unable to identify any viable suspects. On September 27, 1969, on a Saturday in late September, college students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were relaxing along the shore of Lake Berryessa, some 30 miles north of Napa, California. A man appeared holding a gun and wearing a hooded costume with a white crossed circle stitched over the chest. He explained that he had escaped from a prison and needed money and a car to escape from Mexico. The stranger bound their wrist with pre-cut links of plastic clothesline. Without warning... He plunged a large knife into Brian's back six times. Then, he stabbed Cecilia ten times as she fought for her life. The man then walked to Brian's car and used a pen to draw a cross circle on the door with the dates and locations of the previous attacks. The date, September 27, 69, the time 6.30, and the notation, by knife. At 7.40 p.m., a man called the Napa Police Department to report a double murder. The caller described Brian's car, directed police to the scene of the crime, and confessed, I'm the one who did it. 
police traced the call to a payphone at a car wash in Napa. Cecilia died two days later, but Brian survived. On October 11, 1969, Paul Stein, a 28-year-old student and husband, worked as a cab driver in San Francisco. That night, Stein picked up a fare, headed for a destination in the upscale Presidio Heights neighborhood. At the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets, the passenger shot Stein in the head and removed a piece of the victim's shirt. The man walked away just before police arrived, but the police radio broadcast mistakenly described the suspect as a black man, and passing officers dismissed a white man resembling the correct description. Fingerprints found on the driver's side of the cab may have belonged to the killer, and sketch was produced based on descriptions provided by witnesses. The case was considered a routine robbery until the office of the San Francisco Chronicle received an envelope with a letter from the Zodiac, which began with the words, I am the murderer of the taxi driver. The envelope also contained a bloodstained piece of Paul Stein's shirt. The Zodiac denied he left fingerprints and claimed the police sketch was inaccurate because he had worn a disguise. A possible Zodiac killing was on March 22, 1970. On a Sunday in late March, 22-year-old Kathleen Johns packed her infant daughter into a station wagon and left San Bernardino, California to visit her sick mother in Petaluma, in the northern part of the state. Kathleen was also seven months pregnant with the child of her longtime boyfriend. As she traveled on Highway 132 near Modesto, another vehicle pulled alongside the station wagon and the driver appeared to signal that Kathleen should pull over. On the side of the road, the driver explained that the back wheel of Kathleen's station wagon was loose, but he promised to fix the problem. Instead, he loosened the lug nuts and the wheel fell off as Kathleen tried to drive away. The man then offered to drive Kathleen to a gas station, but she climbed into his car and discovered he appeared to have other plans. She claimed that he also made veiled threats to harm her child. Eventually, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped from the car. A passing driver took Kathleen to a nearby police station where she identified the stranger from a police sketch of the Zodiac. Months later, a Zodiac letter mentioned a rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby. One of the things that made the Zodiac Killer so famous was that he wrote encrypted letters to the police. He would usually write the first part normally and the second part in a cipher. In one letter, he claimed that if anyone cracked the code, it would reveal his identity. Only one of the ciphers has been figured out, and at least three coded messages for us to figure out. One of the ciphers read, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I'll be reborn in paradise, and you, all the people I have killed, will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. There are a lot of conspiracies on who the Zodiac Killer could be. One of the conspiracies that makes the most sense to me, personally, is that the Zodiac Killer is multiple people. Some even say that it could be 12 different people, one for each Zodiac sign. I think that one person killed some people and adopted the alias the Zodiac Killer, and other people followed, wanting the attention. In fact, there's an episode of the popular TV show Criminal Minds where there's a copycat killer, and they are imitating the Zodiac. I believe it is episode 11 of season 7. The Zodiac had multiple methods of killing as well. Four people were shot and killed, one was shot and wounded, Three were stabbed and killed, one was stabbed and wounded, and he threatened to blow up a school bus full of children.
Thank you for joining me on Blowing Off Steam with Wesley Kettle. We hope to see you next time on our episode, which will be about D.B. Cooper. Thank you. Thank you.